0: About 10 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com, that's Z-I-O-N-P-B-C.com where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website, which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. Today, we continue looking at sins of division from Colossians chapter 3. You may recall that we've looked at sins of the heart, sins of desire, anger, wrath, and malice, and how that we should put those off. If we don't put them off, these sins of the heart will lead to sins of the hands, sins that will divide us as children of God. And that's what we're dealing with in this sermon. We're dealing with blasphemy, filthy communication, and lying, all of which will divide children of God one from another. Today we conclude this sermon regarding these sins of division and how we should put them off. We hope you'll stay tuned for the message, but first we have a song selection that we hope you enjoy. One here, lying. Well, what does lying mean? Well, it means lying. <laughs> it means telling something that's not true. That's not real complicated on that one, is it? I want to say to you, beloved, more trouble has been caused in our lives by lying lips than anything else that I know. More trouble is caused in the world by people lying than anything else that I know the ninth commandment says thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor it's one of the big ten (laughs) don't lie don't lie over in Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 22 he says lying lips are an abomination to the Lord but they that deal truly are his delight God's not a little bit offended by lying lips and god doesn't say mm. he doesn't wince and say i wish he wouldn't do that lying lips are an abomination and that word abomination is the equivalent of that corruption that we talked about earlier it means a disgusting or unclean thing so blasphemy divides us from god filthy communication out of our mouths divides us from god and from the kingdom of God and from each other, and lying divides us from God and from each other. Because I don't know about you, but I don't care to hang around somebody that's lying to me all the time. Now, before you get too hard on other people, ask yourself this question. Are you the one person that's ever lived that never lied? (laughs) Okay, (laughs) okay. Now, I hope you don't engage in it on a regular basis. I hope you've learned better. I hope you don't do it at all. But I bet you, If you'd be honest with yourself, and God knows, you don't have to even be honest with him, he already knows, you've probably lied in your life before. So be careful before you get too hard on folks. But I'm talking about people that lie to you all the time. That divides you. I don't want to be around those kind of people. You don't want to be around me if I'm going to lie to you every time I get in the pulpit. I hope you'll kick me out of the pulpit if I get up here and lie, you see. All these things divide. But notice what they really what the commonality is. Notice, notice the commonality among these sins. Every single one of these sins, blasphemy, filthy communication out of our mouths, lying to one another, they all involve the tongue. They all involve the tongue. So in the time we have left, I want us to turn over to James chapter 3. I don't know if we'll have time to finish it. I know we won't actually finish it. <laughs> but maybe we'll get to the point where we can stop uh, and not have to come back to it because this is such a huge topic. We're gonna to begin for the lack of time in verse two of James chapter three. And let's just read it here. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth, And the tongue is a fire a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature and it is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beast and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind but the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. You remember back over in James chapter 1, he said, let every man be swift to hear and slow to speak and slow to wrath. It's going to be a kind of applicable here, you see. You don't need to be swift to speak. You need to be slow to speak. So going back here to verse 2, notice he says, if any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man. Now, that doesn't mean sinlessly perfect, but perfection here is talking about maturity. It's talking about completing the process of growing. You're continuing to grow, you're, you're becoming more perfect every day. Well, I'd like to be a perfect man. I'd like to be a mature man. I'd like to know, that, I'd like to think that I'm growing a little bit. And you know, one of the best measurements of your spiritual growth is are you able to tame your tongue? Are you able to hold your tongue? You know, there have been some times recently, I I, I guess because I've been studying this so much over the last two or three weeks. I I talked to Sherry, I think last night, I said, you know, I hadn't got quite as mad about dropping things this week, have I? I haven't gotten, I haven't flown off the handle about, you know, I told y'all I think this, that's one of my worst things. If I were to knock that thing over right there, oh my goodness, you might see a side of me that you don't want to see. It's not, I don't generally get mad at you or her or anybody else but it's when I can't hold on to something and it falls and I get angry. Well, I've tried to control that, you see, tried to be a little bit better. And that's one of the measures of growing spiritually. So let's look at the tongue for a little bit. First of all, we see the tongue is a tiny troublemaker. (laughs) The tongue is a tiny troublemaker. Look at verse, uh, well, verses three through um, eight tell us about that. Now I wanna tell you some, some facts that I studied The average tongue is about 3.3 inches long, okay? This is from a 2019 survey. The average human male is about five feet nine inches tall and weighs about 197 pounds, okay? If you just take the length of the tongue and compare it to the, the height, the length of the man, the tongue is only 4.7% 4.7% of the length of the entire body. Now, and some of us are obviously bigger than that. So you got, you got this big body here, okay? You got this little bitty member of the body, the tongue. But what is it that generally tends to get us into trouble? My elbow has never gotten me into trouble that I can remember. I might have, maybe I elbowed Tim one time. I don't know. But, you know, my little pinky toe. Never bothered anything. My, big, my foot's really never gotten me in trouble, my kneecap, but my tongue gets me into trouble all the time. So verses 3 and 4 here list two relatively small things that direct the path of very large entities. First of all, the bridle in the horse's mouth, the bit rather in the horse's mouth. The bit in the horse's mouth is a very small thing. And, you know, we, we've never really had horses. Some of you have had horses on a regular basis. We had, when I was in my 20s, we had a couple of horses and I enjoyed riding them, but those things were always a little bit, you know, make you a little bit nervous. You walk up this huge creature that could, could just take off running and, you know, you couldn't stop it. You, if it wanted to go in a certain direction, uh, you cannot stop it by speaking to it or, or physically trying to wrestle it to the ground. You just couldn't do it. But you put that little bitty bit in its mouth and just pull it one way, just pull it the other way, and you can direct it wherever it goes. The rudder on a ship is one of the smaller parts of the ship. And yet, that huge ship, the direction it goes is directed by that small rudder. Verse 5 says, even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. The tongue, did you know your tongue and your speech is what primarily directs the course of your life? I, I don't know about you. I can look back on situations where I had an opportunity maybe for advancement. Or at least in a, in a particular area I had an opportunity. And I messed it up because of what I said. It wasn't because of how I looked, it wasn't because of what I had on, it wasn't because of my lack of education or my lack of ability, it was strictly because I said something stupid. I said something I shouldn't have and it closed the door and turned my life in a different direction, you see. How many times does that happen? And notice this, behold how great a matter a little fire kindles. You know, and those fires that are raging out west at different times. They don't happen because some airship comes flying over some forest out there and drops acres upon acres of, of, of kindling and burning tinder out there and sets 100 acres on fire at one time. They always start with just a little spark. You know, I don't even know if they teach this in school anymore, but they did when I was coming, coming through that, uh, about the Great Chicago Fire of 1871. The Great Chicago Fire, and this is coming from the National Geographic website. The National, the, the Great Chicago Fire started on October 8th of 1871. About a day later, rain finally put out the fire. But this is what it burned. It burned an area four miles long and one mile wide in the city of Chicago. It destroyed 17,500 buildings and 73 miles of street. 90,000 people, one in three Chicago residents were left homeless by the fire. They recovered 120 bodies, but it's believed that about 300 people died in that blaze. You know how it began? We've all heard the story. Now it's not clear exactly how it started. Some say that a cow, Ms. O'Leary's cow, kicked the lantern over in the barn. But it's pretty clear that it began in a barn belonging to Patrick and Catherine O'Leary. And another story about that is that a thief knocked over a lantern while stealing milk from the barn. Many years later, a guy named Lewis Cohn, C-O-H-N, confessed to starting the fire by accidentally knocking over a lantern when running away from an illegal card game, okay? Now, nobody came in there with some citywide conflagration. It didn't, it didn't start with a nuclear bomb. Nobody bombed Chicago, okay? It was just a small spark of a fire that began in a barn. And it burned those miles of streets and tens of thousands of buildings, you see. And you know what? That's what we're told the tongue is like. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. Beloved, when you attach the tongue to a sinful heart, you've got a weapon of mass destruction. You can destroy families you can destroy churches, you can destroy communities with the tongue. Sometimes it's just a slip of the tongue. I remember reading recently about President Ronald Reagan. and He was just engaging in some of that jesting we were talking about. He was about to speak somewhere, and I forget where it was now, but I can look it up. But President Reagan was about to speak somewhere, and they wanted him to test the microphone to make sure it was okay. Well, it turns out it it was recorded, what he said, and it ended up being leaked out. And so just to test the microphone, he was kind of a jokester, you know. He said, ladies and gentlemen, we have found a way to deal with Russia so there'll no longer be a problem. The bombing begins in 10 minutes. (laughs) Well, he was just kidding, you know. But that leaked out and almost caused an international incident. <laughs> but see, the tongue, verse 6, the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. You see, it's 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 more, it bears more than its share of the troubles that we have in our lives. And notice what it can do. It says so is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature. And it is set on fire of hell. Look look at there. It shows us what it can do. It can set on fire the course of nature. And now it shows us where it gets its power. It is set on fire from hell. Now, if you want to look like you're a child of the devil, then just use your tongue to prove it. And now listen, I'm talking to children of God. I'm not saying you're a child of the devil. I believe you're all children of God. I believe you're all regenerated children of God. But we ought to look like it. We ought to act like it. And if we're not careful, it's our tongues that will give out the idea that we're not. Notice verse seven and eight. He said, every kind of beast and bird and serpent and things and they've all been tamed. Things in the sea, things on the land. You know, I've been to SeaWorld. I've seen those great killer whales tamed. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. That deadly poison reference there is to rust or venom, both of which corrupt completely. (laughs) The tongue is a tiny troublemaker, but oh, what trouble it makes. Now notice as we continue reading here in James The tongue is a terrible twister. You've heard of tongue twisters? Well, the tongue is a twister, all right? The tongue is a terrible twister. It will twist you into something unrecognizable. Look at this. Therewith, that is with our tongue, verse 9, bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing, My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either a vine, figs? So can no fountain yield both salt water and fresh. Now notice what he's saying here. He's saying that if you let your tongue go and you don't tame it, it will twist you into something unrecognizable to other children of God. That's the, you know, that's the primary way people identify us as children of God is how we speak. Because many people don't see how we live. They're not around us enough to see how we live. It's how we speak. It's our language. Now it's social media. It's what we post. Well, there's a sermon in that. If there's ever been an antichrist existing in this world, I believe it's social media. Yes, it can be used for good. I get it. But it's mostly not used for good. I I think in a study we cited in the last message, speaking on anger, uh, that that I believe it was like 90 percent or some high percentage of all of the posts on social media today, the primary emotion behind them is rage, not wisdom, not love, not. I mean, I see a lot of baby pictures, yes, but most of it is somebody being mad at somebody else and spouting off about it. You see. He says, my brethren, these things ought not so to be. You ought not bless God on Sunday and curse men on Monday. You see, that's a trumpet giving an uncertain sound. And listen, you know who I'm preaching to today? I'm preaching to you, yes, but I'm primarily preaching to me. We all have this struggle. And listen, in verses 11 and 12, we have two fountains. Every one of us has two fountains within us. And I tell you, child of God, only one of them is going to flow at a time. Only one of them. He says, Does a fountain send forth the same place, sweet and bitter water? Listen, the fountain is going to flow only one at a time. Which fountain is it going to be? We need to make sure it's the spiritual fountain, the fountain of the Spirit, those waters of, those living waters that well spring up within us unto everlasting life. Now, last thing I'm going to tell you. Here's, I've given you all the bad news, here's the good news. The tongue is a tameable member. We can tame the tongue. He wouldn't have written James chapter three if it weren't possible to tame it. God's not the kind of God that says, okay, here's the standard, but you can't meet it. You can't, it's not gonna help. You've just gotta realize you're pitiful. Now I realize we're never gonna be perfect. I'm I'm not talking about that. And God's, and James and the Lord here through James is not talking about that either. But he wrote it, to give us specific warnings and instructions on how to do it. And by the way, it may be a tall order, but Paul said in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. You can't do it through some self-help program, but you can do it through Christ and through focusing upon Him and living in the Spirit. And you need to start with your heart. In Matthew chapter 12 and verse 34, Jesus said, Out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. I re- heard this said one time, what you soak up eventually shows up. <laughs> what you soak up into your life eventually shows up in your life. So what does that mean? That means that what you focus upon, what you put into your mind and heart, needs to be the things of God. I mean, there's there's a lot of things out there that we don't need to be looking at. There's a lot of movies we don't need to be seeing. There's a lot of, there's a lot of things that we see around us that we don't need to be a part of. You say, well, boy, that's tough, isn't it? Yeah, it is tough, I agree, it's very tough. You know, back over in Philippians chapter four, it's a good good chapter to read from time to time, by the way. A lot of good teaching in there. In Philippians chapter four, after telling us to be careful or not to worry about anything, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication give thanks to God. He says down in verse 8, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. And I got some news for you. You're not going to find these things on Fox News. You're not going to find these things on CNN. You're not going to find these things surfing the web, generally speaking. You know where you're going to find these things? You're going to find them here in the Word and here in the church. That's where you're going to find them. You need to be focused on these things. There's no excuse for us not to be able to find these things of virtue and truth and honesty now in the world that we live in. You know, if nothing else, we've got streaming media services, Grace Alone Radio. You're struggling to find something good to listen to, turn on Grace Alone Radio. You're struggling to find something you, that, you know, these country music or rock music or all these other stations that you can't find anything, go to the web. There's, there's sermons out there. There's. They're singing out there, Christian songs. Stu- you can fill your mind and heart with these things every day. You know, I love these little AirPods that I have now. It kind of shuts the world out, and I can just listen to Brother Michael Goins or Brother Sonny Piles or Brother Tim McCool, or Brother Buddy Abernathy, Brother John Morgan Owens, preaching anytime I want to. I encourage you go to our podcast, go to the podcast at Zion Primitive Baptist Church, and listen to it. You see, fill up your mind with these things instead of the things of the world. Start with your heart, and then, pretty simple admonition: keep your mouth shut. <laughs> I don't don't take that the wrong way, but keep your mouth shut. You don't have to turn here, but I have. There's several references I've made. Verses I've looked up. Psalm 34 and verse 12. What man is he that desireth life and loveth many days that he may see good? Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. When you want to say something bad, don't. When you feel that welling up inside you, keep your mouth shut. Proverbs 10 and 19. In the multitude of words there wanteth not sin, but he that refraineth his lips is wise. You want to be wise? Refrain your lips. I love this next one. Because it helps me a lot. Proverbs 17, 28. Even a fool when he holdeth his peace is counted wise. You may be the biggest fool in the world. But if you'll keep your mouth shut, people think you're wise. (laughs) I've been a big fool. I am a big fool. But if I just keep my mouth shut, people think that I'm wise. He that shutteth his lips is esteemed a man of understanding. Just smile and nod. Smile and nod. Don't say anything. And finally, use your words wisely. Listen to this Proverbs 16, 23. The heart of the wise teacheth his mouth and addeth learning to his lips. You know how you become wise? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You know where wisdom is found? In the Word of God. The heart of the wise teacheth his mouth. And addeth learning to his lips, learn about God, learn of his word. Pleasant words are as an honeycomb, sweet to the soul and health to the bones. One of the best verses, I'm sure you know it, that I can think of about this topic. Proverbs 15 and verse 1, a soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. Proverbs 15.4, a wholesome tongue. And that word wholesome means a healing or a soothing tongue. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness, perverseness therein is a breach in the spirit. Proverbs 12.18, there is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword. You know people that have sharp tongues, right? You probably had one yourself. I have one myself. I have to struggle with that. But the tongue of the wise is health. You see, if we'll start with our heart keep our mouths shut stay silent and use our words wisely and learn wise words from the scripture then I got good news for you you don't have to do it by yourself God is there to help you in taming your tongue and back over in Colossians just notice as we close out this morning In verse 9, he said, Lie not one to another, finishing up talking about those. Seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge, after the image of him that created him. See, all these wicked thoughts and wicked deeds emanate from the old man. We need to put on the new man. Now, remember, he's talking to those who already have the new man, already born again. But we need to put on more and more layers of the new man's clothes and get rid of that old man's clothing. We should be living as children of God and not looking like children of the devil. And if we'll tame our tongues, that'll go a long ways towards showing forth to the world that we are the children of God.